1: Good afternoon, Southern California. It is once again Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor Shepherd Church, and I am your afternoon host on SoCal Live. We're covering all of San Diego and all of Los Angeles on praise and KKLA, and we are so thankful that you're here. We're always amazed by the fact that this is live radio. And uh, today is really—I I, I, I don't even know how to word what I'm feeling today because it's such an important time in the history of our nation for so many different reasons but it is the this weekend is the 49th anniversary of roe versus wade back in 1973 uh there were some the supreme court ruled and made abortion legal and uh since then and these these numbers are not made up uh it's it's just it's just the reality of it. Since that time, the United States of America, we have aborted over 50 million babies. And I can't imagine what what God thinks about that, and I cannot imagine the lives and families that have been affected by those children being aborted. It really is something that is beyond really our Ability to even comprehend when you when you look at that number collectively, but today uh, we have an in studio guest, and uh, her name is Talitha. Talitha, welcome to the SoCal Live Afternoon Show.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: And uh, you're involved with uh, Claire's Health, which is a health clinic here in Los Angeles. You have a couple campuses, and we're going to let you talk about that. I want I, I want to give you ample time, but one thing that we're going to do today, Talitha, is I, I, I'm so thankful that you're online here with us today because I think, I think you know, I'm a pastor. I'm a man. A lot of people think, well, you're, you don't have any right to say what goes on in my life and in my world, and you're a woman, and you lead a ministry that helps care for women who have walked down these hallways and made some of the most difficult decisions they've ever made in their life. So I, I, I feel like I feel like today you and I are are going to be a good a good tandem to address this topic today. But but one of the things that I want to do as we introduce this city to your ministry, and hopefully bring the dialogue of this discussion between pro life and pro choice, where we try to find some some ground that we can work together. I want to I want to hear from our callers. I want people to call in and tell their stories you know you know I, I i can share kind of my life you can share your life but we're here really this radio station exists kkla we're, we exist here to make a difference for the kingdom of god and we have the voice of those who are listening right now and and, and god always has these things called divine appointments we don't know who's listening we don't know where they're listening from. We know that there's people driving on the freeways. There's people at home. Some people are still not working because of COVID, and so they're hanging out at at home and they're listening. Some people actually have the radio on while they're at work. But today, I I want people to call in. I want to hear their story. They're going to hear ours, but I want to hear theirs. And I want to hear from people that, that were at that critical junction of they were thinking about aborting their child and they decided not to. And and the result of that decision in their life, how 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 blessed have they been because of that decision? Did they regret making that? Did they do they regret not having an abortion? Is that possible? And then I want to hear from those who have actually had a, an abortion. I, I want them to call the show and I want to hear from them. I want I want this city to hear their story and lessons that they've learned. Would they do that again? Are they glad? Have they lived in remorse? Are are they currently living in remorse? Because you deal. You deal with women walking down these, making these decisions all the time, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. You, every day. Every, every, every day. day. Okay. <laughs> yes. Let me give you
1: the numbers. triple eight, triple eight, five two eight two five five seven. 888-528-2557. One more time, 888-528-2557. Give us a call. We want to hear your story, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but we want to hear from our, our listening audience today. So, Talitha, uh, tell us about claris health and we we have so much to talk about i mean we're, we're just, this, this time's going to go by quickly but tell us about your ministry and and really where where what it is and what you do
2: yeah um so probably the easiest place to start is just the word claris means clarity and so for us it's about bringing clarity to these confusing situations or brightness to what often feels like really dark and uh, scary moments in life surrounding these pregnancy decisions. So we do, like you said, we have a clinic in West L.A. We have a clinic in South L.A. We have a mobile clinic that drives all over the city and goes into some of the neighborhoods that lack the most access to care, and we're able to bring care directly to them. Um, And then we're there for people before, during, And after these decisions, I think sometimes we forget that, like you said, people have stories. They have stories of all of these choices. Um, There's also adoption. And so to have somebody that says, look, we're going to be here for you in the trenches and those hard moments of decision making, but then whatever you choose, we're here for years afterwards. So that might be prenatal care, parenting classes, doula services, diapers, wipes, anything someone needs if they parent adoption. There's a lot of grief that we forget that goes with adoption. There's beauty in knowing your child is in a home and healthy and thriving. But to birth moms, there's a lot of pain and grief in that decision. And so holding their hands through that for years to come. And then women who do choose to have abortions, knowing that you're not alone, knowing that there is healing for that, that there is a community of support to walk through that with you, um, so we specialize in all of that. Um, I think the other thing to remember in these decisions, and today we'll largely be focused probably on women, mm-hmm. but that these decisions affect men too. Sure. And so for us, it's really, um, we say we're family-centered, that we don't, it's not just about the woman. It's about her partner in that situation. It's about her extended family. It, it's about future generations that are affected by these decisions as well. And in the,
1: in the locations, you're you're in West L.A., Yes, and you have one in in South LA. Yeah,
2: we're in Linwood, so Linwood. right by Compton.
1: So um, tell me what happens when? Uh, first of all, how does someone find, uh, like like you've been in West LA the, the most, the longest probably, right?
2: Yeah, we so were. So how does
1: somebody find you if if they're in a pregnancy and they don't know what to do or they're, I mean, why do they walk in to see you? Out out of all the buildings down there, why do they, What causes them to
2: walk in there? That's a really – that's a good question. Uh, So we've actually been around for 45 years. So we were founded in 1976. And um, most people in West L.A. find us online. And in South L.A., it's mostly word of mouth. So we mm. have 258 partners in the city. Well, what, so that? what does that mean? Other organizations. So, for example, the Dream Center. Somebody might walk into the Dream Center or a church, or they might walk into WIC and you know be trying to get you know formula for their baby. And somebody might say, you should go to Claris. They offer these great classes. Oh, that's great. Or friends that will say, hey, I went to Claris. Um, I think we do have. Like our exit surveys, we have a, almost 100% satisfaction rate. So when people come to Claris, they feel how much we love and care for them, and they tell their friends that. Um, they tell other organizations that, and um, and then just good old Google, people searching.
1: Okay, uh, this is Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor Shepherd Church. I'm your SoCal host today on KKLA and K Praise, and my in-studio guest is Talitha, and she works... For a health organization you call it a, a health organization what do, what do you what do you call yourself a health uh, yeah
2: like a community-based organization and uh
1: she is going to be here the entire two hours but we're asking you to call in at triple eight five two eight two five five seven we want to hear your story Talitha we're both here to offer help support encouragement for people that are walking and making these difficult choices and I want to go to Yolanda, who's uh, calling in from North Hollywood, and she wants to share her story. And I I want her to share her story. I think it's healthy for us to do that. Yolanda, welcome to SoCal Praise. Yes.
3: yes
4: hi, Pastor. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm I'm calling in based on your prompt to have the listening audience call in. Yes. And on the subject of. Of what we're talking about today was a very difficult subject, but you know, I feel I went through the experience and the Lord would like me to help others before they have to, you know, suffer the consequences of making a decision in their life. Um, I am 58 years old and to this day, to this day, I still greatly, greatly regret, regret my decisions of two abortions that I've had in in the past, and I can tell you I thank God for his plan of salvation. I know what that plan is about and who it's for. For people like me that have done heinous things in the past, but we can, you know, shrug it off and say, thank you, Jesus, for your forgiveness. Mm. Thank you for allowing me for repentance, and thank you for being my redeemer. I know why he went to that cross. I personally know, so mm. you know whether I can counsel someone in the in the in my current uh, life or future life because I have never forgotten that incident, that event. Especially, I remember it was an abortion clinic clinic in New Jersey, much like um, Planned Parenthood, mm. and I remember getting out of the car and there were people. Across the street, praying, and mm-hmm. I remember that in, that sound of incessant. Well, you know when you have a group of people praying out loud,
3: mm-hmm. because
4: they knew what I was going in there for. So you know, right. they they were at that site specifically, and I will never forget the sound of that prayer. So I just wanted to share that
3: with you today,
1: Yolanda. Thank you for calling, and Talitha, you know, she says that she lives every day. She can't. She can't get it out of her mind. She understands God and she understands grace and she understands forgiveness. And yet she still can't get that day out of her mind. She remembers it like it was yesterday. Walking into that clinic, those people across the street, that intercessory prayer. So there's really two things there for us to talk about. One is how do you how do you move on? How do you get past that? Once you've truly been forgiven, now, I'm, I'm not sure any of us really know even know what that means to be truly forgiven because we're human. It's easy for us to keep drawing from that. But the other part of her story is that she she wanted to share. She was the first one to call. She called before I got the question out of my mouth wow. because she doesn't want other people to, to make that same decision.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yolanda, I just want to thank you for sharing and so boldly um Telling the world your story, and I so um, empathize with everything you shared. And I know there are many women around the city and and everywhere this radio is touching that feel we feel that. And um, I, you know, I I know how you feel because I've been there. When I was nineteen, I also went into a clinic and had an abortion. And so I think sometimes you hear these stories, and any woman or man out there who's been that, you feel your heart breaking. All over again. And so, to answer your question of how do you move beyond, I think sometimes we feel in society like for- forgiveness means you have to forget. And I actually very much disagree. I think a lot of that mm. healing and forgiveness is very much allowing those children to be a part of your story today because you I'm I'm imagining you love the way you love you understand grace the way you understand grace because you have been forgiven much mm. and I think there's so much truth in that and just you sharing that today my prayer is it will set other people free it will it will cause them to reach out and say me too or maybe maybe they need to talk to somebody maybe they want to go through you know at Clarice we offer a support group it's a 10 week group where um we have a Bible study version of it, and you go through the grief cycle, and it, it changed my life, and I know it it is available to so many others if you want to walk down that road and, and truly um, accept that forgiveness and allow it to become a scar but not a bleeding wound in your life, right? mm-hmm. I think that's the difference. You will always look down and say, this is the reason I know how much mm-hmm. he loves me, mm-hmm. but it's not holding you captive.
1: That's the... Yeah. But what a sweet woman. Yeah. And... Uh... Certainly, certainly, her story though, it makes a difference in other people's lives. Correct, just Absolutely. to hear someone who's instead of someone like me preaching, yeah. someone who's been there and 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 has experienced real heartache and real pain and a real yeah. choice and a real decision and real consequences. Yeah. Uh, and so, Yolanda, you keep telling your story, and uh, keep keep reminding yourself and others of the forgiveness of the Lord. I want to go to Marcos Marcos from Covina. Uh, Marcos, welcome to SoCal Live.
5: Hi, Dudley. Thank you.
1: What is your story today, sir?
5: I'm um, calling um, <clears throat> about my mother-in-law, who um, I've been married to my wife for about six and a half years. And about uh, three years ago, we um, we heard from our mother-in-law that uh, a daughter who she had uh, not given up... <laughs> to abortion. She uh, gave her up for adoption at found her after 48 years. And um, she had had a, a son and a daughter um, and um, this daughter found her and it was just amazing. And what I tell my wife all the time is, I say, you know, your mom's kind of stubborn and hard sometimes to get along with with people, but I see all these blessings in her life and I said, I think it's because she gave these kids life. Mm. Uh, you know, nobody knew this uh, for 48 years until this daughter found her, uh, which is my wife's sister. Now they all have a great relationship, you know, uh, um, grandkids from that side, from this side. And uh, it's just pretty amazing. And then uh, real quick, I didn't tell that she was screener, but when I was in college, I had a girlfriend and um, she came to me and we weren't really very... Uh, faithful, loyal people who weren't Christians, uh, and I was a big partier, and um, she came and said she was pregnant, and uh, she asked me what I should do, and I told her, I said, uh, you know, she asked me if she should get an abortion. I said, well, you know, you, you do whatever you want, and uh, she ended up getting one. I remember sitting in that office with her and really not thinking a lot about it then because I didn't have any good... Uh, the people who were in my life were not Christians and they just said, you can't have a baby with her and, and stuff. But now, and, and I don't know maybe it's because I, you know, I'm a Christian, but you know, for years I thought, God, what would that baby been like? And, and I thought that what I did was, was like what a coward does um, when I told her, you do whatever you want. And hmm. I did not help in that decision.
1: Marcos, thank you for sharing that story. Talitha, how often does that happen? A, a, a woman gets pregnant, and the boyfriend or the other partner says to abort. You need or to, you do what you want.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think those are two very different stances to take, and both happen frequently. I mean, I think for some, you know, men are are sort of the driving force pushing her in that, and then others they say have they've been told to say i think our society tells guys the best thing you can say is i'll be here for you no matter what you choose which ultimately translates to women this is your choice right, right we're right. leaving you sort of alone even though we've told them to say that okay so that's a challenge and then there's the third type which is the guys who want her to have the baby but they have no say in that and i think i've counseled all three um, and those are very hard, I think the hardest is the guy who says, "I really wanted her to have the baby, but i ha- I have no right legally to he that. does
1: not have a right
2: legally he has no right, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys who are in that middle camp of saying, Well, I thought I was supposed to say i 'll be here regardless now i 'm hurting later, but and you know this Marco said, Coward, you know other my old When when I first started working at Claris, my boss at the time was a man, and he said, you know, he had gone through an abortion with his wife, his first wife, and he said, I got through the rest of my life, but I felt like I was missing an arm, Mm. like I was missing a limb. There was Mm. something so because I didn't speak up, Mm. you know. And then there's other guys who I think are pushing for an abortion, but if you actually sit down with them and ask them why, they too feel lost and afraid and alone and you know so i think sometimes just being able to talk it through and figuring out are there resources you know do you need resources do you need counsel do you need support um what is it that that we can do to walk through this with you
1: oh th- this is dudley rutherford i'm here with uh, talitha from Claire's health and you can look them up online uh, just go to clareshealth.com uh, and we're taking calls. This, this is the uh, 49th anniversary this weekend. It's kind of the right-to-life weekend, and uh, we're doing a bunch of things at our church, and many churches do things on this particular weekend. There's a big march uh, today in Washington, D.C. that they've been doing, and uh, from all the accounts that I saw, there are huge crowds and great enthusiasm. But there's so many different issues uh, that we need to talk about. But in the course of our discussions uh, today with Talitha, we want to hear from you, the the listener. We, we want to hear your story, uh, just a decision that you made not to have an abortion and, and what has been the result of that decision. Also, if you've had an abortion, we want you to call and let us know what that experience was like for you. I, I think a lot of times, and let me give you the phone number again, it's 888-528-2557. That's triple eight five two eight two five five seven. 528 2557 and we have a quick minute before we go to break, but I, I think a lot of times the people – I don't know, Talitha. I, you know, I, I grew up in church, and, and I, the thought of aborting a baby just never was even I, – I, I don't even know where that – i how anyone came up with that idea that you could even abort a child. I mean, it's like it's so foreign to me. Um, but I think oftentimes – and you can correct me if I'm wrong, and it's kind of why I'm having you in here is to help, help. – you correct any misconceptions I have. I think sometimes when, when that the world makes it sound like, go ahead and have this abortion. It's your it's your body. Uh, I obviously believe there's a human being inside inside that inside that womb from biblical passages scriptures which we'll get into but they they act like this this is the right decision and so often afterwards the woman has so much regret that they don't really tell you up front this is what you're going to feel this is what you could experience and maybe when we come back from our break you can answer that question like, when, like I, I, I've never been into Planned Parenthood, but if I go in there, are they going to tell me how I'm going to feel after I have this abortion? Will they be honest with me? This is Pastor Dudley, your, your afternoon host, and I just want to thank you for listening today on Friday's edition of SoCal Live. Oh, the praise will never come down. That means I'm never going to stop praising the Lord is what that means. I actually called the show SoCal Praise you just a few moments ago, but this is SoCal Live. My name is Dudley Rutherford. I'm the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, just a local church here in the San Fernando Valley. Been here for almost 35 years at a church that's really been in existence for a 100 years, 100-plus 100 years, Up in the northwest corner of the San Fernando Valley, we're heard every night here at 7 o'clock p.m. You can tune back and catch one of our sermons. And uh, I love all the great preaching that's on KKLA, and it's an honor to be here nightly, but it's also an honor to fill in uh, this afternoon at SoCal Live. We are here on the 49th anniversary of Roe v.ersus Wade, which was a decision, a landmark decision that... uh, morally and politically, uh, has divided our country for the last 49 years. But more importantly, it has cost, I believe, uh, the abortion of some 50 million uh, children. And I, I, I can't help but think of the heart of God when I read through the scriptures on the importance of children that he states. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible has this verse in Matthew 18, verse 10, Matthew chapter 18, verse 10, that says that, that every child, this is in the Bible, you can look it up, every child has an angel. That's not a, that's not a movie, that's not a myth, that's not make-believe. Matthew eighteen ten. check it out if you don't believe me. You can Google it if you don't have a Bible. It says that every child has an angel, and that angel reports to God what's going on in the life of that child. And with that and the importance that Jesus, you know, talked about, you can't even get into the kingdom of God unless you become like a child. That those of us that are grown, those of us that are adults, those of us that are mature, that we need to do everything we can do to help the helpless, the voiceless, And uh, I'm in studio today with uh, Talitha, who I've known for quite a while. And Talitha, I have to say one of the reasons I love you is that you helped deliver a couple of my grandsons. And you work for uh, an organization called Claris Health, clarishealth.org. We want you to go and look that up. But uh, tell us quickly what you do. We're taking phone calls, and we're getting ready to go to Kathy here in just just a few moments, but we're li- taking calls and we want to hear people's story on this anniversary of if they've had an abortion or not had abortion and what has been a result of that. But how, how tell, tell our listening audience what you do to help deliver babies. Where, where did that come from?
2: Yes. Yeah. So I'm a doula um, on the side. So I run Claris during, I would say I run Claris during the day and I'm a doula at night. So I have this Incredible, beautiful honor to be in delivery rooms and in homes, helping babies sleep Just all the at time. night. You yeah. do this all the time. I do. I love it. How many babies? How many
1: babies you think you've held?
2: Uh, held. No.
1: How many babies held. have? How many have you held?
2: Oh, thousands. Thousands.
1: Yeah, Probably thousands. more than anybody I know. Yeah. Well, those two grandsons that you helped deliver, you didn't help deliver all three, did you? You did. Mm-hmm.
2: No, the middle were, one I missed, yeah.
1: Well, where were you on that day? I don't
2: know. That's she, didn't, a, she didn't need me that day. That's a bad <laughs> she day. She pro. I, I, I want to go
1: to Kathy. <laughs> Kathy, thank you for calling, and uh, I, I want you to share your story with our audience here, SoCal Live, on KKLA and K Praise, And uh, I, ju- I just want our audience to hear your story.
6: Yeah, I, I heard your topic and I just wanted to call in and I'm hoping that somebody hears it and that it, you know, helps somebody make a decision but sure um when I was 16 I became pregnant and my parents and my boyfriend's parents insisted on an abortion and it actually was a late term abortion and um and it just always haunted me and then you know I went on and got married and had actually got married to the same person I was Became pregnant with and um, wow. and had you know a couple more kids and then um, we ended up getting divorced for different reasons and dated somebody else and got pregnant again. Even being very cautious and using protection, got pregnant. And unfortunately, he threatened me um, and my children that if I didn't get an abortion, and so I had to to go through it again. And um, this time in a clinic setting, the first time was in a hospital. And um, you know, I, I work with girls and young women and I'm always telling them that um, you know, being a mother is such a gift and if you don't feel like you can be, there's so many people that want to be and would love to take care of your child. But that my abortions have always um stuck with me and now I'm now I'm a Christian and now I know that they're in heaven and I look forward to seeing them. Mm. But it is, it's still, it's with me every day. Um, I love working with children. (laughs) And it's just, it's with me every day that I didn't have a choice um, because it was legal. I didn't have a choice, you know. Um, My parents were able to make that decision for me. My, you know, this guy in my life was able to push me to this because it was legal. And so every day I pray, you know, for Roe versus Wade to be overturned, for, um, for other women to realize that they do have choices, and for people to come into their lives like your guests and say there are choices, and um, you uh, don 't have to do this and uh, yeah,
1: kathy, thank you for calling i i i i don 't really understand what she said totally because she said she had the abortion because it was legal i i i didn 't understand that. Uh, it was almost though it wasn 't her choice. How can it not be your choice as a woman to have to not have an abortion i, I don 't understand that can can you explain yeah. that to me yeah
2: i mean I think and you know kathy hopefully i 'm i 'm sharing this correctly, but I think often we feel pressured either by another person or circumstances in life that um There's a quote I heard years ago, and it said, um, and I'm going to forget who said this. It's a woman in a book. And she said, the women don't choose abortion like an ice cream cone or a Porsche. They choose it like an animal trapped in a cage will gnaw off its own leg to be free. And I remember hearing that, and Mm. it's such a visual description of what you feel, and it is a panic, it is a desperation, it is a wanting to undo something even though you know you really can never undo yeah, it. And that, like these women said, right? They never forgot. So I think in Kathy's situation, her family was able to pressure her. This man was able to pressure her. Threaten her. Threaten her. And she felt as if it wasn't a choice. Mm. She didn't choose that. It was chosen for her. Um And we do see that a lot with women. And a lot of women will say, you know, one of the things I say to women all the time, my favorite thing to say is, if you could silence all the voices in your head, okay, what would you do? And often I get a blank response because they've never sat and thought, what would I do if no one, right? Because we walk in with what everyone else is telling us to do. Mm. And so to just pause, and, and most women will say, or girls, young girls, 16 or 60 will say, or maybe not 60, 46, will say, I would have a baby mm. because deep down that's what they want to do, but the pressures of this world are weighing so heavily on
1: it, them. Is it possible for a man, when I listen to her story right there, the roller coaster of she was 16, it was a late pregnancy, had the abortion, uh, her family made her do that. And when you're 16, you you don't really know much what you're doing, and, and and then then she ends up getting married to the same guy and having two other children, and then going through a divorce, okay. then getting pregnant again, then having that abortion, then she becomes a Christian. The up and down, the roller coaster of emotions that goes through that. How is how is that woman even sane? How can you be? How can you go through all of that? And my question is and i I'm not questioning that she's not saying, I'm just saying it yeah. just seems my 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 question is as a man, I can't relate to any of that i there is nothing you could say or do to me that could understand that what she what that woman has experienced mm. yeah is it, is it is it even possible for me to experience or to understand that
2: yeah, I think it is i mean I think if you if you put yourself In a situation, you know, maybe you were born into a different family. Maybe you had people that didn't believe in you, people that had their view of what your life should be like. You know, maybe you take pregnancy out of it, but it's something else. Yeah, but that's a big
1: thing to try to replace and have the same feeling because, as you know, having a child, there is nothing on this planet like holding that baby of yours.
2: Yeah, so I guess the the only – where you could potentially relate is thinking if you were in a relationship with somebody and you wanted her to have the baby and she didn't. Yeah. And then what trajectory would that put you on? Yeah. You know, and then it happens like, – I met a guy recently, came up to me after a, a presentation, and he said it happened to me three times. And he said each time I think I intentionally was hoping that – I would be with a woman who would want to have a baby because I would try to replace the last baby, Mm. and I would be in the same situation. He was very broken, but you would never have known that looking at Mm. him. Super successful, great guy.
1: There are so many nuances to all this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's hard to understand all this. My name is Dudley Rutherford. I'm the senior pastor at Shepherd Church. I'm your SoCal Host today on KKLA and K Praise, and we have in studio guest Talitha who works for, for Claire's Health. I want you to look her up at clarishealth.org. We actually, uh, this weekend at our church, um, I, I'm gonna, I don't know if you can hear this, but I'm gonna, I've got a baby bottle here. See if you can hear this. Can you hear that? Yeah, that's a baby bottle full of change, and we handed out maybe 5,000 empty baby bottles this weekend at church, last weekend, and we encouraged our church to take these baby bottles home, fill them full of change, cash, checks, as much money as you can. And so we have our entire church, Shepherd Church, three different campuses, maybe five, 6,000 people, maybe more, bringing back these baby bottles full of change and hopefully checks and, and dollar bills. Then we have a man in our church that's going to do a $50,000 matching gift. Wow. And uh, I'm looking for him to do a $100,000 wow. matching gift. And then we're going to take those funds, and we're going to divide them between three ministries here in Los Angeles. One is Claire's Health, again, clarishealth.org. Another one called Open Arms Pregnancy Center Clinic, which is down on Reseda, right across from Cal State Northridge. And a third is the Pregnancy Counseling Center in Mission Hills. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your story. Give us a call at 888 Five two eight two five five seven. This is Pastor Dudley Rutherford. Thank you for joining us on Friday's edition of SoCal Live. Oh, it's Pastor Dudley Rutherford, your afternoon host on SoCal Live. I am the pastor at Shepherd Church, and uh, we're heard here every night at 7 o'clock. Please come back and join us. Can always follow us on social media as well, but we are in studio with Talitha from Clarice Health, claricehealth.org, and it's the 49th anniversary of Roe versus Wade and some 50 million babies. Uh, that's almost a million a year that we've uh, been aborting. Those numbers have been going down, so we're thankful for that. But uh, we're asking you to call in and tell us your story. We want to. We've been listening to callers, people who've told us their stories, because when you tell a story. You tell us your story. You're making a difference in someone else's life. These Many people are making these decisions, and the more information they have, and a lot of times your story might help change how their story ends up. So give us a call at 888 528 We want to go to Tony in Beverly Hills. Tony, welcome to SoCal Live. Hey, thanks
0: a lot.
1: Hello? Tony, Tony, you're on live.
0: Oh, hi. Well, thanks. Um, you know, I just, uh, I heard a previous caller say something and it just kind of resonated with me. Um, having had a, uh, an abortion with somebody that I was in a relationship with when I was young. Um, I just, when I reflect on it now, it was a, it was a cowardly thing to do. Mm. And I wish I had been more of a man and made, uh, made the right choice. And um, kind of stood by her and helped her out and been done the right thing. Basically, uh, that's just kind of my my take on it, and that's just what I wanted to add to the conversation today.
1: Talitha, he's still with us on air.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you, Tony, for for sharing that. I think it really hits me even just listening to each caller that, you know, they say about one in four women will experience an abortion by the time they're 45. And I always think for every woman, there's a man represented. Mm. And I think it's powerful to hear that. I mean, I think, you know, about my own situation and my boyfriend at the time and where he went on with his life and a lot of the pain that he experienced and things he wrestled with because you know it wasn't i think as a society we we don't talk about this we mm. don't hear these stories which is why i'm here cuz i was so happy that dudley wanted to hear these stories from women and men and so i just want to encourage you i think it's so powerful that you are willing to even use those terms i think there are women out there who just need to know that there are men who want to stand by mm. them mm. Um, that you feel as much of, you know, an ownership over this decision as the woman that you were with at the time. You know, I think sometimes and at the and at the same time, I want to say that often God uses these situations to become a calling in our lives. There's empathy that you feel or even sympathy that you feel for other men that others will not feel. It's hard Mm -hmm. for people to understand until you've been there. And I think sometimes, you know, the questions of how could somebody do this? Well, you and I know intimately how someone could do this and can get there. And yet, gosh, God loves us just as much. And his forgiveness is there for us and his mercy and healing and the hopeful future that he has for your life and for my life does not change because of this decision you've made. The scar is there. The pain is there. But... He still loves and, you so much. And,
1: Tony, much. do you feel this all the time, or does is it, is it come and go, this feeling?
0: Uh, it's, I mean, it's been years since we were in the relationship together, her and I, but it's definitely been a um, black mark on my heart. Um,
1: yeah. Tony, I want you to know, as Talitha shared, that the Lord, the Lord loves us, and... Things about decisions we make every day. Every human on this planet makes decisions, and once they're made, you can't ever go back and undo them. It, it's 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 regrettable. Uh, obviously, uh, his heart was moved and touched. Um, and Talitha, I don't know if you know, we've had just as many men calling as women today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tony was Tony's, Tony's hurting right now. Mm-hmm. And, Tony, you just need to know that uh, the Lord loves you, and I hope you're a Christian. I hope you've laid all that stuff down at the foot of the cross because that's the only place freedom is found is at the foot of the cross, his grace and his love and his mercy. When we come to him, I mean, he's He's waiting on us. Yeah. So I'm going to trust, Talitha, I'm going to trust that he has already gone to the Lord Charlie from Los Angeles, welcome to SoCal Live. Hello? Yes, you're on live.
7: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for taking my call. I, I just um, had to call in because uh, in 1976, I had an abortion. I was with a gentleman who was seeing me and someone else. And I could relate to the caller, Kathy, when she talks about the pressure. You are pressured. Right. Um, to do something, you got a knowing feeling, this isn't right. Uh, you know, I'm going in the wrong direction. And so I don't want to discourage anyone, but this is how I'm feeling now here in 2022. Because there's a lot of pressure to take the coronavirus, and it was supposed to, it's going to fix the problem and get the country rolling in a good direction.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: And that's everything I heard about having the abortion, mm. and, uh, and so I'm, I'm telling people to do the research. I am extremely happy about the crisis pregnancy centers that are, you know, in California, mm-hmm. all across America, mm-hmm. and uh, people can reach out. I, I wish there was somewhere I could reach out, but finally some nurse, she took me aside and she said, you're using these abortions as your birth control." And, you know, it just struck me like a knife that those are harsh words, Mm. but that lady was right.
1: Mm.
7: So that's what I wanted to say. Uh,
1: Is your name Charlie?
7: No, that's not my real name. Okay, Okay.
1: you're you're just using it. Okay, well, we're going to call you Charlene. Hey, Charlene. uh, 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 Hey, um, so you had this abortion in 1976. How, How old were you in 1976? You mind telling me? I was uh, twenty-eight. Okay, twenty-eight, and so Roe versus Wade was passed three years earlier. and yes. And and do you remember vividly that time where it was passed and thinking, oh, now I can have an abortion? Was that a factor? If Roe versus Wade had not been passed, would you have had the abortion? No,
7: I don't think so, because um, prior to Roe versus Wade. A lot of times you had to travel and uh, I didn't have travel money and uh, I, I had no support to help me, mm. you know, cause you come home, you got to recover. Right. Um, yeah. I think if it wasn't legal, I I wouldn't have done it.
1: Okay. Charlene, thank you for calling. Uh, what a sweet lady. <laughs> I enjoyed talking to her there. Hey, so when a woman, you you know what happens when someone comes into Claire's Health and how you deal with them and I I'd, I'd like to have you share what you know how what is the opening conversation like and do you know what happens when a woman walks into Planned Parenthood what that opening conversation is like do you know
2: only from personal experience from and when I went and there
1: the difference between yeah. walking into Planned Parenthood yeah. and walking into it's, Claire's Health
2: yeah it's a big part of why we developed a model the way we did at Claris because I did not have that when I walked into a Planned Parenthood. So
1: tell, tell our listening audience because I'm going to guess most people have never been into a Planned Parenthood. We've heard about it.
2: Yeah. Um, and I'm
1: sure some have but what is the difference between walking into Planned Parenthood and walking into where you work at Claris yeah. Health?
2: So I would say the, the biggest difference, so from the moment somebody walks into Claris, we are all about helping them through this decision-making process, so not telling them what to do. So our visits start with what we call a decision aid. So we have somebody walk in, and they say, I'm here because I think I might be pregnant. I'm considering, and it lists their three options. They'll circle, I'm considering abortion. Um, I feel not very educated in that decision. Um, Who's influential in my life? My mom, my boyfriend. Mm. Um, What do you need help with? They'll circle school. How is it, you know, whatever it is. So, when our counselor advocate sits down in front of them, the first thing she does is just mirror back what they've already told us. So, mm-hmm. I can see here if you're pregnant, you're considering an abortion. You don't feel very educated in that. Your boyfriend and your mom are very influential. You're worried about finishing school. And so, then we build a package of whether it's casework or whatever, based on what they've told us they need. Okay. And they meet with a medical professional. All of our visits are designed to um, take time. So we, there's no agenda. There's no hurry. You have eight minutes with the medical professional, right? They could be with our doctor or our nurse practitioner for 45 minutes, making sure they get their questions answered. And everything we do, we're educating them along the way. And asking them questions. So, you know, we if somebody's pregnant and we'll confirm the pregnancy, we can confirm it with a pregnancy test. We confirm the viability with an ultrasound. Would you like to see the screen? Would you like us to tell you what's going on? You know, everything we do, we give them. So it's not here, look at this or do this. It's very much they're in the driver's seat because the truth is whatever she chooses, she then lives out that decision. They're scared
1: a little bit, aren't they?
2: Terrified. Terrified. And I think, you know, when I went to Planned Parenthood, and granted, this is I can only speak from my sure, one experience sure, there. Sure. I sat in front of a woman, she was in Scrubs, and she said to me, and I was sobbing and I said, Look, I'm from a Christian family. I don't I don't believe in abortion. I don't want to do this. And she literally said to me, Well, I can't help you with that. But you have you have two choices. It sounds to me like you should have an abortion. You're, I was in college. I was getting ready to do that's a semester the first OCC, thing she said. Sounds like you should said. have an abortion. Sounds to me like you should have an abortion, which you need to then do fast, and and then as I'm crying and I don't want to do this, I don't believe this. Then the next thing she says to me is, "Well, if you end up changing your mind, you can call this number and get some prenatal vitamins." Oh my! So for me, it was vitamins. Deletha,
1: we have or to baby. we have to finish your story after <laughs> yes. our break. Yeah. We've got to go to a hard break here. I hope you'll stay online. We're going to be continuing this conversation for the next 60 minutes, the next hour. You do not want to miss. This is Dudley Rutherford, Senior Pastor Shepherd Church. I'm in studio with Talitha, who works and runs Claire's Health. They've got several locations in West L.A., South L.A., and they even have a mobile unit. I want to thank you so much for joining us this Friday afternoon on SoCal Live